uh, he's ministering, so let's just uh, uh, not bother him right now. And Jesus stopped them, and he said, Suffer the little children to come unto me. He said, uh, to, to break it down to our languages, Come on, please let the kids come see me. I love children. And he said, After all, children are what make up the kingdom of heaven. And he said, And except you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And there was something that Jesus loved about children, something about children that were important to the kingdom of heaven. And when we look at children, they are impressionable, they're teachable, they're uh, uh, forgiving. There are a lot of things about little children that we as uh, people of God should seek to, uh, um, seek to adopt and seek to try to uh, follow. And uh, today we have uh, something very special we want to dedicate a, uh, a little child to the Lord today, um, little Jackson Steele. And um, this is going to be a, a, a wonderful young man for the kingdom of God's sake. How many believe that? Praise the Lord. And uh, there are certain churches that practice christening of children, uh, uh, a baptism of, of children. We do not practice this at Life Church because uh, this is not a, a, a practice that was in the Scripture. Uh, but we do see something in the Bible where someone dedicated or gave their child to the Lord's service. This was a little boy named Samuel whose mother had cried out to the Lord, said, God, I want a child, and uh, said, Lord, please give me a child. And as she cried out to the Lord, the Lord did bless her and answer her prayer. She made this promise to the Lord that, God, if you give me a child, I'll give the child back to you. And uh, in essence, what we are doing when we dedicate a child to the Lord is to Give that child's future and destiny and purpose into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. This does not have to do with the child's salvation. That's a decision that each person must make for themselves concerning salvation. But this is the parent's commitment to dedicate their child, to raise their child in the fear of the Lord. And I'd like for them to stand right now. Brother and Sister Steele are a wonderful part of our church. And uh, Brother Steele functions as youth minister and his wife in a uh, supporting role in raising children. And we're so grateful for them. And Audrey was dedicated to the Lord uh, uh, a couple of years ago. And now she's got a bilingual ministry. And um, we're excited about that. It's Actually, it's probably trilingual too because she can communicate through sign language some. But uh, we're excited about uh, Audrey and she's such a sweetheart. And Jackson is here today. And yesterday at the tournament I got to hold him for a while. He's just a sweetheart. He's a great young man. Looks like he might be a tall child. A tall drink of water someday. And it looks like he's in a spirit of slumber right now. And uh, sometimes that's a good thing. Amen. But Jackson's a, a, a wonderful young man. And what, what, what a wonderful thing it is to dedicate and give a child into the hands of the Lord. And we see that Samuel's just a young boy when the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to him expressly. Called his name. And uh, who knows what plan and purpose that God has for this young man's life. And his parents, they're saying, you know... Uh, Jackson, we want you to be successful. We want you to do great things, and we want you to be happy. But the most important thing to us is we want you to grow up in the fear of the Lord, and we want your life to be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we agree together with these parents as a church family in this time of dedication. So I wonder if we could, as a church family, just stand together, and let's extend our hands toward this family right now and, uh, and this precious child. Praise the Lord. And we're going to pray uh, that uh, as they raise Jackson, 
Um, and uh, Brother Steele is teaching a class on growing kids God's way. And they want to raise their children right. And it's not just a whim. It's something they're willing to sacrifice and commit to. And we as Life Church want to pray God's blessings upon them. So let's pray right now for this family and these parents. Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord God, for Brother Steele and Sister Steele and their commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and their commitment to Life Church and their commitment to ministry and service to the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for blessing them, Lord God with two children, Lord Jesus, for meeting their needs, Lord God, and painting a picture of a bright future that you have for them, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, that every day along life's way we can see your handiwork in our lives. God, I pray that as they raise their children, Lord Jesus, specifically Jackson, Lord God, I pray that you would give them wisdom, Lord, and anointing, Lord Jesus, in this task of raising children. In the year of 2007, in the new millennium, Lord God, I pray your blessings on the family to give them wisdom and insight and direction, Lord God. Let them never do anything, Lord God, that would harm, Lord Jesus, Jackson's likelihood of being saved and being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. And right now, dear God, we lay hands on this precious boy, Lord Jesus. We're, Lord God, praying your blessings upon him, Lord God. And we dedicate him to you, Jesus. Mom and Dad said we want to give him to you, Lord Jesus. God, you have a future and a destiny and a purpose for this young man. We can't see it, Lord. We don't know what you're going to do, but you see all things, Lord. And I imagine if we could see it, we would be excited. Hallelujah. Of the wonderful ministry and purpose that this life is going to have and the people that are going to be impacted, Lord Jesus, through his life. God, we put him in your hands, Lord. And one day, he's going to repent of his sins, Lord Jesus. One day, Lord God, he's going to make you Lord of his life. One day, Lord, he's going to say, Daddy, will you let me be baptized in Jesus' name? Mama, I want to be baptized. And one day, he's going to be filled with the glorious Spirit of God. And he's going to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives him the utterance. Lord, we put him in your hands and we thank you for what you're doing, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord, let's lift up our hands right now to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's thank him for what he is doing in this family and let's thank him for what god is going to do for jackson's life hallelujah lord jesus we thank you jesus we give praise and honor and glory to you lord hallelujah lord hallelujah 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 thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah now if you believe god has heard our prayers is going to answer our prayers i want you to clap your hands together in thanksgiving to the lord hallelujah Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 While you're standing, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn in the Word of the Lord. And we're going to read from Romans chapter number 8. One of the uh, great passages of Scripture regarding new life in Jesus Christ. And... uh, There's no greater life than living for the Lord. Amen. I'm glad I made a decision to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. While you're uh, finding Romans chapter 8 in your Bibles, I want to say thank you to each of our visitors that are visiting with us today. God bless you. Thank you for coming. It's uh, good to have each and every one of you. I want to give you a hand. Thank you for making a visit with us today. It's good to have my brother visiting, AJ from Tennessee. Blessing to have family members, and some people say that he and I look a little bit alike. 
And uh, glad to have him here with us. And each of you that are here in the house of the Lord today, thank you for coming and God bless you. Romans chapter number 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh... God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I want, I want to read that again. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They obey or they follow after or they seek after the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. They follow after, they obey, they pursue the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and Peace. Everyone say life. Everyone say peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And the and if the Spirit of Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And finally, verse number 11, For if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or change your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. In the Word of God, in Romans chapter 8, we could read on and on. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. It talks about walking after the flesh or walking after the Spirit. And I want to speak for just a few moments this afternoon on this subject, walking the line. Walking the line. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your blessing and Your anointing that is upon us so strongly today. I thank You, Jesus, for touching and moving in this service. Lord, we want Your will to be accomplished today. And I speak against doubt and unbelief. I pray, Lord Jesus, that our expectations would be lifted so that we could anticipate and expect great things from You in this place today. I'm praying, Lord God, that You would empower us to deliver the Word of the Lord in such a manner that it would encourage and provide direction for the lives of those that are under the sound of our voice today. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank You for Your mercy to us, Lord God. 
I thank You, Jesus, that we have a chance to serve You, Lord God. And despite our imperfections and despite our failures and despite our frailties and our weaknesses, we're still walking today, Lord Jesus. We're still interested in You today. We're still seeking Your presence today, Lord God. We're still desiring to please You today. And what a blessing it is that You keep reaching to us, that You keep loving us, that You keep embracing Your children, Lord God. I thank you for it. If you're thankful, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Express your love to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. And you may be seated. There are examples in the world of dividing lines that have profound implications. If you were to uh, go down to San Diego, Chula Vista, right along the border of Mexico, there is a line there that is marked, a demarcation between nations. And uh, if you were to observe that line overhead, it is profound, the difference between the United States of America and uh, the nation of Mexico along that line. And it has to do with uh, government, and it has to do with... uh, 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 the implications of the governing bodies, the difference in that line. Another uh, interesting line that I was able to observe in my life uh, was uh, the line between former Soviet nations and uh, the uh, republics or uh, democracies in Europe. And uh, I did not get to observe it, but there's an interesting line right through one city. For many years in West Berlin and Berlin, there was a demarcation between the cities and If you're on one side of the line, society is profoundly different than society on the other side of the line. We're talking today about walking the line. And one of the most interesting lines uh, as far as physics is concerned in the world is the equator. And uh, this is the dividing line between the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere uh, of uh, this great planet Earth, the globe, if you would. And this uh, dividing line is interesting because it has physical or physiological implications in the atmosphere and in terms of magnetic fields. And uh, uh, this will affect the way that water flows. Uh, It uh, uh, affects uh, different things in the atmosphere because the side of the line that you are on uh, has implications in the physical realm. I did a little study of this and I discovered that... uh, Uh, There is magnetism in the physical realm. The earth is suspended in spinning. And because the earth is suspended in spinning, it produces night and day. It produces cycles of seasons. And the reason that the earth is suspended and the reason that it spins is because there is a large magnetic field within the core of the earth. Maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't. But there is a magnetic core within the center of the earth. And scientists believe that the earth is like an enormous magnet with a magnetic north pole and a magnetic south pole. The equator is the dividing line that marks the point where the magnetic attraction of the north and the south poles is equal. And uh, the way that uh, this is scientifically proven is if you have a compass and uh, you take a compass it's going to point north. Everybody understand that. The needle points north. Are you all with me? 
I can't believe it. What's he talking about? The needle points north at all times. And I've heard this. I didn't practice this for myself, but I have heard that when you get right on the equator, which is the exact center between the North Pole and the South Pole, that that needle, which points north, lays to the side. And then when you cross the equator into the southern hemisphere, no longer does the needle point north, but now the needle points south. Now, I need a witness in the house because i got some people looking at me as if to say, Brother Brown, you don't know what you're talking about. This is true. Anybody ever, as a child, I used to take a, a, a compass and I was like, this thing is magic. How is it? Ooh, that's spooky. And, uh, but, but, but I found out while doing this study how the, magnet, how the, how the needle knows what, which way to go. It's because of the magnetic pull of the magnetic north pole. But when you cross the equator into the southern hemisphere then that magnetic needle goes the other direction. In fact, you can take a long magnet and you can suspend it from a string. And if you suspend it from a string, it's going to turn in a north-south direction. And uh, uh, this is because of the magnetic pull within the core of the earth. So the north pole and the south pole are magnetic polar opposites. Everybody knows there's no such thing as an east pole, Right? And uh, you can't go to the West Pole because there's no polar opposites. The polar opposites are the North and the South Pole. The neat thing about that, the Bible says that the Lord has removed our sins away from us as far as the East is from the West. That means you can keep going East and keep going East and you're never going to get to the East because you'll keep going continuously. It's like infinity. If the Lord said, I removed your sins as far as the north is from the south, you go north for a while and you're finally going to reach north and you'll go south then. But if you go east, you never reach east. You'll just keep going and going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. And that's what the Lord did to your sins. He put them so far away from you that they can never come back and haunt you. Hallelujah. Since God put them so far away from us, we ought to let them go, don't you think? We ought to not let the devil bring them up, our past, our situations, and our issues in our lives, because they're far away from us. Now, I believe in the realm of the Spirit, and I've preached and taught before, that in the realm of the Spirit, there are polar opposites as well. As there are in the physical realm, a polar north and polar south pole, in the spirit realm, there are polar opposites of good and evil. The Bible talks about the variance of the difference between light and darkness, about the profound distinction between righteousness and sin. And these polar opposites of the north and the south pole in the physical realm, in the spirit realm, there are polar opposites that have the ability to attract or to repel. When I played with magnets as a child, I was intrigued by the fact that they either attracted to one another or if you... If you, if you have the wrong way, they wouldn't attract. In fact, you could not push them together because there was a natural repelling against. And this is the power of the magnetic field. And in the spirit realm, I believe that there is good and evil, that there is light and darkness. Amen? How many believe that Jesus is on one side pulling people to Him and Satan is on the other side trying to get people trapped in their sins and iniquity? How 
many believe on one side there is righteousness? There's the right thing. There's the good thing to do. There's the thing to do that uh, will please the Lord. And on the other side of the issue, on the other side of the line, there is the iniquity and the sin and the perversion and the habits uh, that will lead to a life of despair and emptiness. Amen? And not only is there polar opposites, uh, but they have the ability to attract. And when you go across the line one way, you begin to feel the influence and feel the pull. When you go across the line the other way, you begin to feel the influence and feel the pull of that opposite attraction. Amen? Hey, whenever I serve the Lord, whenever I get in good with Jesus, whenever I feel the power and the anointing of the Lord upon me, whenever I'm reading my Bible and whenever I'm praying, whenever I'm attending church, whenever I'm worshiping God and lifting up my hands, you know what? I only want to get closer to Jesus. It's like something gets a hold of me. It's like a tractor beam that pulls me into its influence. When I'm on the right side of the line, when I'm going the right direction, it's easy living for God. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling you the truth. But there's another side of the line. And when I wander on the other side of the line, there begins to be a pull and an attraction as well. When I start looking at things that maybe I shouldn't look at, I find myself drug into the power of Satan's control. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I allow myself to get upset or angry about something that's so petty and insignificant that it shouldn't even make a difference, I allow myself to be pulled into bitterness and despair, amen, and, and resentment. Uh, you know, it's not because uh, uh, I made a trip or I decided I wanted to go all the way to the South Pole, but it's because I stepped across the line. And when I step across the line, I become uh, subject to the influence and to the pull of sin. See, I'm going to tell you right now something. Because there's power in God's Spirit and because we enjoy the presence of God, and have great revival services and moves of God. Sometimes we get the false concept, concept that if we just come to enough services and have enough goosebumps moving up and down our spine that we're going to get to heaven. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You're not going to get to heaven on a revival service. You're not going to get to heaven on a goosebump experience. You go to heaven because you make a decision what side of the line you're going to walk on. My God. I thank God for evangelists. I am grateful for revival services when people are brought into the kingdom of God and when the net is cast and when the power is there and when faith reaches a fevered pitch. But I found out one thing in living for God for a few years. It's that sometime after you get an experience with God, you've got to start making choices and making decisions on a daily basis. I thank God for those powerful experiences in the Lord, but I found out that it's the small decisions that determine whether I'm going to make it to heaven or whether I'm going to stumble into hell fire. The Bible says it this way, the small foxes spoil the vine. It's the little decisions as to whether I'm going to walk after the flesh or walk after the spirit that determine my destiny. Amen. I'm thankful for those glorious experiences with God. But I learned a long time ago that it's not what happens on Sunday, but it's what happens on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday that determines the destiny of my life. Come on, somebody. The Bible says if you walk after the flesh, you will fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But if you determine to walk after the Spirit... See, I'm reading that. It doesn't say nothing about a Sunday night hoedown. Come on now. 
It's not talking about how I feel when, whoo, hallelujah, when the glory of God comes upon me. It's talking about when I'm walking. I have to decide whether I'm going to walk after the flesh or walk after the Spirit. And no evangelist can do that for me. No pastor or preacher can do that for me. Nobody's going to follow you around all week and say, come on, come on, walk the right way. Come on, make the right decisions. Come on, fulfill the the desires of the Spirit rather than the lust of the flesh. It's your decision and your determination that when I get up in the morning, I'm going to hunger after spiritual things. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm not going to desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let me warn you saints of God something right now. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving the Lord. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible. doesn't matter whether you're a minister or whether you have a title or whether you have a degree from a theological institution. You're still walking close to the line. The Bible says every day we have to make a decision. What side of the line am I going to walk on? There's some people that are so far from the line one way. They're in spiritual depravity. But you know what? They can come into a church service. The power of God can begin to move. And they can begin to feel the attraction of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. And it can profoundly affect their life. Praise God. But my decision and my future and my destiny is based on when I choose. What side of the line am I going to walk on? The Bible said to be spiritually minded. Is life and peace. The Bible also said to be carnally minded is not sickness, but carnal, carnal, to be carnally minded is death. Now, this all sounds good unless you don't know what it means to be carnally minded. When a person is born again of the water and the spirit, the Bible says in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born of the water and the Spirit. When you are born again, you are born into a new life in the Spirit. You're a new creature in Jesus Christ. The Bible says old things are passed away, that you are crucified with Jesus Christ, and that the old man is buried with Jesus in waters of baptism. That old, carnal, sinful, self-centered, self-sufficient person that you used to be is taken care of and buried in the waters of baptism. But you know what? It would be great if that was it. And then like my life is so easy because that old sinful carnal nature is gone and dead and taken care of. But the reality is you still have to carry your carnal nature with you because you're a human being. What what I'm saying is you still have flesh. You still have impulses and desires and urges. You still have a fleshly nature, right? Now, you're going to get rid of it one day, but it costs a lot to get rid of your fleshly nature. You've got to die physically. you got to physically die. And then your spirit is separated from your body. And then when you get to heaven, you don't have to wrestle with those carnal urges anymore because you don't have your physical body any longer. But as long as you're on this earth, as long as you're walking, as long as you're interacting with people, you're going to have to fight the good fight. You're going to have to get up every morning and decide, I'm going to walk on the spiritual side of the line. Because I want to tell you something. I want to warn you. I want to declare to you that it's so easy to even be in an atmosphere of revival, to be in a great church where there's good things happening. And in the meantime, you can lose your spiritual disciplines and find yourself walking on the dark side, fulfilling the lust of your flesh 
becoming backslidden in your spirit while still attending and visiting and coming to the house of the Lord. You know why? Because the Bible makes it clear. We have to walk after the Spirit. We have to develop an appetite and a hunger for spiritual things. If I'm going to get to heaven, I'm not going to get to heaven because I watch so much TV. I'm not going to get to heaven because I eat so many steak dinners. I'm not going to get to heaven because I take care of my carnal or my flesh. But I'm going to get to heaven because I develop and establish a desire for spiritual things, for the kingdom of God, for the presence presence of the Lord, for the place of prayer, for the Word of God. And you know what I found? When I start reading the Bible, I get more of a desire for the Word of God. When I start praying, I find out I get more of a desire for the place of prayer. But when instead of pursuing spiritual things, I pursue things that just cater to my flesh, I find that the appetites there begin to grow as well until they begin to overpower me and I come under their influence. Amen? I'm telling you, I'm talking to some saints of God right now, that you don't have the victory, but you're not defeated because you're walking the line. You're one day in the carnal nature. You're one day in the spirit realm. God's wanting to take you someplace. Your destiny is not on the south side of the line, but your destiny is in light. Hallelujah. Your destiny is in God's purpose for your life and a future of brightness. Hallelujah. How many are thankful that God has a purpose and a plan for you? Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's praise the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. 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 So, Pastor, how do I do it? How do I live victorious spiritual life? I love coming to church, and I love when I feel the presence of the Lord. I love it when the excitement builds and when tears begin to flow and when I can feel the palpable sense of God's presence. Amen. Let let me tell you how you make decisions and how you live victoriously. It has to do with your mind. Everybody point your finger at at your mind or your brain right now. This is where the victory is won. Amen. The Bible says if I'm carnally minded, if I'm spiritually minded, it's life and peace. If I'm carnally minded, it is not sickness or not illness, but it is spiritual death. If I get wrapped up in fleshly things, and I lose connection with my spiritual desire and passion, then I find myself spiritually dying. Amen? It's about spiritual death. And so the Bible also says in the book of Colossians, it says, set your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. Did you hear me? What, do you, what does it mean to say, set my affections? Amen? When you set your desire and your passion on the right things, desire is magnetic as well. And it has a tendency to bring to you whatever it is that you desire. If you set your passion and your affection on things of God, then you will find yourself moving in that direction. If you set your affection and passion on things of this world, then you will find yourself being drawn in that direction. Let me break it down for you. 
young people, moms and dads, older saints, if you want to be victorious in living for God, you got to learn to love the things of God. And if you want to be spiritually dead, then fall in love with the things of this world that are produced by Hollywood and by sinful urges and by all of these things that try to keep us from being victorious spiritually. It's about setting your mind and your desires and your passions on spiritual things. Hey, if you don't like coming to church, I don't think you're going to be spiritually victorious. If you despise the place of prayer, then you're not going to be an overcomer for the kingdom of God. But somewhere along the way, you've got to make up your mind. I love this stuff. I love the kingdom of God. I love the presence of the Lord. I have a passion for the things of God. I have a passion for worship. I have a passion for praise. Set your passion and set your affections on things above. Jeremiah 42 and 15, the Bible says, Now therefore hear the word of the Lord, ye remnant of Judah. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. If you wholly set your faces to enter back into Egypt and to go and sojourn there, then it shall come to pass that the sword that you feared shall overtake you in the land of Egypt. And the famine that you were afraid of shall follow close after you there in Egypt, and there you shall die. God was saying to the children of Israel, those of you who have affection and passion for Egypt, now what does Egypt represent? Egypt represents the world. Egypt represents that old life that you were delivered from. But you know what? Even though you saw how destructive that life was to you, there are still pulls and urges and nudges from time to time from that old life of godlessness and, and, and fleshly excitements. It, it pulls on you and tries to get your attention and, and drag you back in. But you know what? You've got to set your affections on things above. The Lord said there's some of you, Israel, that you have set your affections back on what I delivered you from. And you said, I want to go back to Egypt. He said, when you go back to Egypt... When you get back to that land, let me tell you something. You were afraid of the sword. The sword is going to pursue you in Egypt. You were afraid of famine. You know what? Famine is going to pursue you and overtake you in the land of Egypt. And if you go back to where I delivered you from, everything that you feared is going to come back upon you. And it will destroy you. Because there is a magnetic attraction between disobedience and judgment. Between disobedience and despair. You can't just walk away from God and expect your life to be rosy. You can't just reject Jesus Christ and His blessings and His mercy to you and walk the way of all flesh and and expect that God is going to just let you do your own thing. But judgment will follow you. But the Bible says in the book of Psalms, uh, I love this scripture, because David declared, surely, in Psalms 23 and 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of of the Lord forever. He said, I got a passion for the things of God. I want to be in the house of the Lord. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to be right with God. And since I have that passion, 
compassion, goodness, and mercy is going to be attracted to me. It's going to follow after me. It's going to pursue after me all the days of my life. I want to tell you the greatest decision that you can make is to say, I set my affections on things of God. While the world is interested in that, and while my old friends have this passion, I've set my affection on Jesus. And you know what? When I live for God, unexpectedly, I'm going to wake up and there's going to be a blessing on my doorstep. I'm going to wake up and goodness is going to leap on my back because the rest of my days, goodness and mercy is going to follow after me. Oh, come on, praise the Lord. Simon, God's going to continue to bless your life. Satan would pull. Satan would seek to lure, but set your affection on things above. And as you grow older, into your 30s and into your 40s, unexpected blessings, unexpected mercy, unexpected goodness. Why? Because there's an attraction. When you obey God, God's blessings are attracted to you. When you obey God, God's mercy is attracted to you. When you disobey God, the sword that you fear and the famine that you despise will overtake you. But I've made up my mind. I'm not going to walk on the line any longer. I'm not going to pursue this and then pursue that because I want God's blessings. I want His anointing. I want supernatural ministry and power in my life. And it comes when I pursue after the things of God. Oh, God, give me a fresh passion for the place of prayer. Give me fresh passion for worship and for Your Word and for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody praise Him right now. Oh, come on, praise Him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you are here today and you'll wonder why is trouble flanking my life? Why am I waking up every day with fresh despair? Why am I waking up every day? You know what? You're reaping what you're sowing. Not only that, but the Bible lets us know in that passage of Scripture that when you're living in disobedience, you have no promise of God's provision and blessing. When you're living in disobedience, there are things that are attracted to you that are not going to be encouraging. They're going to be depressing. They're going to be uh, uh, deflating. They're going to be defeating. Amen. And I'm talking to some people in this place today, and I want to let you know that if you will change direction, you will begin to see God's blessings in your life. You will begin to see God's mercy. And I'm not telling you that your life will immediately become perfect. There will still be trials and tests to perfect you so that you can become what God would have you to be. But you know what? You're not going to wake up one morning and find depression and discouragement and defeat at your doorstep. But unexpectedly, you're you're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to be walking along life's way. And something's going to be sneaking up behind you. Hallelujah. Brother Steele, do you have a baby right there? I want you to come up without the baby. Just you. Just you, Brother Steele. Because I want to illustrate this right now. Hallelujah. Here's the line. Here's the line. This is light. This is darkness. The Scripture said, if you want to go back to Egypt, if you want to go back into spiritual darkness... Then the things that you feared, the sword, 
which is great tribulation, great distress, is going to be seeking after you. Famine, which is lack, not having what you need, not having enough, it's going to be after you. So you're walking the wrong direction. And you don't know what it, when it's going to happen, but it's going to sneak up on you. And it's going to destroy you. The Bible says you'll die there. See, some people like to play around the spiritual darkness. You never know when you're going to die. You never know when it's going to catch up with you and take you. You have no promise of God's provision and, and, and protection. But if you walk on the right side of the line, if you walk, amen, in the house of the Lord, in the presence of God, with a hunger for spiritual things and a passion for the place of prayer. You'll be doing your thing living for God and there's something flanking you. But it's not Satan. It's not the enemy. It's not despair. It's not a, a famine. But God's goodness uh, is getting ready to sneak up on you. God's, I'm talking to somebody right now. You've been wondering when God's going to answer your prayer. Keep walking on the right side of the line because it's sneaking up on you. God's blessings is about to overtake you. Hallelujah. His goodness and His mercy is about to come upon on you because there is an attraction. There is a seeking out. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I'm thankful that God's blessings are promised to me if I but obey Him, if I seek after spiritual things, if I hunger after the things of God, if I choose not to fulfill the lusts of the flesh, then God is going to send His blessings and His provisions. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand together and praise Jesus right now. Oh, come on, that's it. Praise Him with me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, lift up your hands to Him right now. In this place, Lord Jesus, we hunger and thirst after You. We hunger and thirst after righteousness, Lord. Oh God, I love Your presence. I love Your house. God, I love the place of prayer. Oh, God, put an appetite in my spirit for the Word of God. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm pursuing it. I'm after it, Lord God. I want to be closer to you, Lord Jesus. My disobedience, Lord God. Hallelujah. That hinders my effectiveness and moves me a distance away from you, God, I pray. Hallelujah. Forgive me for my disobedience, Lord Jesus. And let me walk closer to you. Let me pursue righteousness, Lord God. Purity, holiness, uh, hallelujah, and spiritual things, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just profound moments in powerful services that determine our direction. But our direction, ultimately our destiny, is determined with small decisions. Seemingly small decisions. Whether I'm going to pray today. Whether I'm going to go to church or whether I'm going to skip out and rest. Whether I'm going to praise the Lord when I come to church or whether I'm going to just sit on my hands because I'm tired. These little decisions are steps one way or another as you walk the line 
the line between your destiny and Satan's plans for your life. That's why I'm encouraging you. Live for God. Grow up. Quit being spiritually immature. Quit being tossed back and forth. Quit letting despair overwhelm you. Quit letting anger come upon you. It's time for you to get rid of that junk in your life. It's time for you to be forgiving. It's time for you to realize the decisions that I'm making are not just hurting me, but these decisions are carnal, carnally inspired decisions, and they're about my spiritual demise. They're not about just hurting me, but they're about death. And I want to be victorious. I want to be an overcomer, and I want to live for Jesus. And I want to talk just right now to somebody. The most awesome thing about magnetism is that when you make a step in that direction, there's less and less resistance. And magnetism works both ways. That means one thing's attracted and the other thing's attracted. See, the Bible says it this way. Draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh unto you. See, see uh, we know that it works in the opposite sense. When, whenever somebody's ready to commit sin, they're going to find a partner. They're going to find somebody to help them, an accomplice. They're attracted together. There is a negative spiritual attraction. I've found it in church. Whenever somebody gets mad at the pastor, they always find somebody else. That's mad too, and they get together. And I've looked, I've looked in the bulletin tomorrow. I never saw you write in the bulletin. Anybody mad at Pastor Brown, please meet out in the foyer, right-hand side. We're going to have a little powwow. And all just happened. Boom, it comes together. Anybody gets licentiousness or sinful or lustful, there's going to be someone to... They're attracted together. The same is true in the sense of the Spirit. That is, I start making a step in the direction of Jesus Christ. That's the awesome thing about a worship service. The power of God begins to move and God begins to, to draw and beckon. And He's just wanting you to respond. Because when you respond, when you take a step, God begins to move towards you. And you take another step and God... Be, see, see, when the prodigal son came back home, Daddy didn't wait for him to come all the way in the house. But when he saw him coming down the road, there was an attraction that happened. And Dad said, I can't stay here. i got to meet him where he is. And the embrace was in the street. Because God is attracted whenever you begin to feel His attraction and respond, then He begins to move towards you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? I don't have to fast five days. I don't have to pray until my voice is gone. But all i got to do is make a step towards Jesus. And He begins to make a step towards me. And I can feel His presence right now. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in just a moment. We're going to have, give you an opportunity to pray. Along the course of a person's life, they make decisions. They have far-reaching implications. What career are you going to pursue? Who are you going to date? And ultimately, who are you going to marry? Am I going to take this job? Am I going to move to 
this city or that city. But the most far-reaching decision by term, in terms of implications is the decision when you're standing on the line, as some of you are today, as you've heard the Word of the Lord. You're not a bad person. You're not an evil person. You're not sadistic. You're not satanic. You don't need an exorcism or you don't need this or that. But you've just been doing your thing. Not interested in the things of God. Not interested in serving God and living for God. The Spirit of the Lord has arrested you here today. and given you a word. And that word is if you'll turn towards me. If you'll draw nigh unto me. I'm going to make something beautiful out of your life. I'm going to take and bring blessings into your life. I'm going to bring provision into your life. I'm going to brighten your future. If you'll take a decision to turn towards me. In just a moment as Sister Christina begins to sing, I'm going to open this altar up and I encourage everyone that would to come forward. To take a step of faith, not just toward an altar, but spiritually to say, I'm taking a step. You know, my carnal nature doesn't like to pray. My carnal nature is ready for lunch. But there's something inside of me that says, I love you, Jesus. I want more of you. I want to receive what you have for me. And I want to take this step in the direction of your magnetic pull. I want to take this step closer to you. What can it hurt to just say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm ready for it today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. As she begins to sing, I want us to begin to make our way up to the front. Come in as close as you can. We'd like to all come forward if possible. And spend a few moments letting the Lord know that we're making this decision. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want for He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And He, he leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul and He leads me in paths of righteousness. For His name's sake, though I walk through the shadow of death I shall fear no evil fear no evil oh for thou art with me the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want for he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he he leads me besides to
shepherd and I shall not want for he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, fear no evil. For thou art with me. Oh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. When thou anointed my head, I with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness. Shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want, for he makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he he leads me. Sights to waters, he restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, though I want to do the body of the shadow of death, I shall be in no evil. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. shepherd and I shall not want for he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he, he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul and he leads me in paths
steps of righteousness for his name's sake though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i shall fear no evil fear no evil for thou art with me Before me, in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever. shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, surely, yeah. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, surely, Shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I shall dwell in your house, Lord, forever, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, surely. Shandra Babo Sata Yalele Bekrushan Baba Bosanya. Ashandra Babafuru Kula Lele Rusatra Kara. 
Come on, let's say, just lift up your hands to heaven right now and let the Holy Spirit flow through you. Oh, I feel it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we make the things of God a priority. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Understand it, but I keep getting an urging to do a particular thing, and I'm going to do it right now. I feel as if there there are those in the house this afternoon that you have toyed with decisions about living for God, and even kind of uh, you know pursued it to a certain degree. And uh, uh, but you are fighting with feelings and questions in your mind as to whether you are making the correct decision or not. What is it that you're giving up certain pleasures and certain pursuits and activities and and and, and uh, excitement that you know perhaps I'm I'm giving up in serving the Lord? Am I am I am I committing myself to a life of drudgery, uh, a life that has no promise and no excitement and no destiny? And today I feel like the Lord wants to confirm to you. I feel like the Spirit of the Lord wants to tell you specifically. And he wants to confirm it with the touch of his spirit right now. We're not done in this service. We're close, but we're not done yet because the Spirit of the Lord wants to confirm to someone that the steps that you are making tentatively right now are steps that are the best decisions that you've ever made in your life. This is how I feel like the Lord wants to confirm it to us today, to you today. He said, draw nigh to me and I'm going to draw nigh unto you. I'm going to draw close to you. And I want you to whisper a prayer in your own words. I'm going to tell you what you can say, but I want you to say it in your own words. If you want a confirmation, if you want to hear from God, if you want God to meet with you right now, I feel, I feel it lingering in the atmosphere that God wants to confirm it to somebody today. And I'm going to ask you to say a prayer. And when you say your prayer, I want you to lift up your hands and just begin to love Jesus. You don't have to say a whole lot. Just begin to love Jesus. And I feel like He wants to confirm to you by meeting with you with His power right now in this place. This is the prayer I want you to whisper in your own words. Lord, I don't understand everything. I don't know exactly where You're leading me. And I think this is You and I feel like it's You. But I'm just wanting to take a step in, in the direction of you. I want to take a step towards you. 
And in this prayer right now, Lord God, I'm just taking a step toward You. And Lord, I want to see if You'll respond to that step to let me know that I'm making a correct decision. That this step of faith is not going to leave me empty. That this step of faith is not going to leave me wanting. That this step of faith is not going to leave me disillusioned and discouraged. In your own words right now, just say that, Lord, I'm, all I'm doing right now, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what my future holds, but I'm just taking a step towards You. I'm just taking a step towards You, Jesus. I'm just taking a step to get closer to You, dear God. That's what I'm saying to you right now. And if that's the way you feel, just say that to the Lord. Just tell the Lord, this is what I'm doing today. Dear God, I'm just taking a step towards you. And then I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord. And I want you just to begin to love Him. And He's going to confirm to someone right now. Hey, 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 I know this isn't for everybody, but somebody here right now, God's going to answer your prayer. In an instant, Shalava Basitala Rahakita Roshanda Pilava Rosotula Karashavai. Come on, that's it. Lift up your hands right now. Somebody's going to feel the presence of the Lord. I want you just to let it flow through you. Come on, young people. Come on, that's it. The power of God's going to come on somebody. Come on, lift up your voice now. Let it flow. That's the Spirit of God coming upon you. Come on, that's the Holy Spirit that God's confirming what He's doing in you right now. Hallelujah. Come on. God said, I'm going to give you more of that. I'm going to bless your life. God said, I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. I'm not going to leave you wanting. Come on, let it flow. Somebody let it flow right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Chris, you made a decision about 10 years ago to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you glad that you made that decision today? Amen. Brother Rick, it was about eight years ago when you decided to live for Jesus. Has the Lord come through on His promises to you? Has the Lord been good to you? I mean, we could go around the room and have testimony services. You know what? I made a decision a few years ago to live for Jesus. And sometimes I take it for granted. Sometimes I overlook it. But God's blessings, God's mercy, 
It's in my life. It's all over me. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what Jesus has done for me. I'm thankful. Come on, somebody. precious little girl that's going to be going into surgery. Is it tomorrow? Tuesday. And, and your name is? Winter. And the baby is? Brooklyn. It's the same name as my little two-year-old. Brooklyn, how are you doing? Brooklyn's going to have surgery on Tuesday. And her, her, her mom, Winter, has brought Brooklyn here for special prayer. Church, I wonder if there's anybody that has faith in this house. Brother Chris, I want you to come here. You've got faith, and I want you to pray for this baby right now. We're going to join with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we lay hands by faith on Brooklyn right now in the name of Jesus. God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would touch her, that you would heal this body, Lord God, that you'd keep your hand upon her, Lord Jesus. We trust you, Lord, and we know that you're able, dear God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I lay hands on winter right now. I pray that you give her peace, Lord God. Hallelujah. We know, Lord Jesus, that you're going to take care of it, Lord God. We're putting our confidence in you, Lord Jesus. We're leaning on you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. I pray for Brooklyn, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. And I pray, God, that you be with winter. Give her peace, Lord God, in the midst of this storm in her life, Lord Jesus. She's going to lean on you, Lord, and put her trust and confidence in you. Hallelujah. That's it. Just call on him right now. Tell him, Jesus, I believe you can do this for me, Lord God. Jesus, I trust you, Lord God. God, I believe you can make a difference in this situation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, call her name, Brooklyn. God, you're going to touch this baby. God, you're going to do a miracle, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy in this situation, dear God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. One more time, let's stand to our feet and let's just rejoice. I want somebody to shout unto the Lord with praise right now. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for the miracle you're going to do. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody get crazy and praise Him like you believe there's an answer coming. Goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. It's a good life living for Jesus. It's a good life living for Jesus. I love living for the Lord. Look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. I can say with all honesty, I wouldn't trade places with anybody. Thankful to be here where I am living for Jesus. Loving God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I want to say thank you to all of our guests and visitors for being with us in the house of the Lord.
today. And uh, in just a moment, uh, you're welcome to go downstairs and join us for our Mexican dinner to benefit uh, the children going to junior camp. Wouldn't it be neat to be able to send those kids to junior camp and they, and they don't even have to pay anything? It'd be really great. So uh, uh, that's directly following the service. I want to say thank you to all of our guests for being with us. I want you to remember Brother Sergio's mother in prayer. I want you to remember Brother Marvin Dryden. I want us to remember Brooklyn in prayer. We'll be praying for this little girl and we'll expect a good report. Amen. In the name of the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Leave encouraged. Leave rejoicing in Jesus' name. God bless you.